Welcome to the Create More Good podcast, a place where we can learn to inspire others by inspiring ourselves. Show notes and all links mentioned in each episode can be found at createmoregood.co. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Create More Good podcast. We're here with Christoph Trapp, and we are going to have an awesome story being told, uh, <laughs> which is what you do, Christoph. Um, so introduce yourself to our audience here this week. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Um, so my background is in um, storytelling. Uh, originally, I, I was a journalist and, and told the community stories, and then I moved that through separate through several industries, banking, credit unions, uh, nonprofits, and currently, for the most part, in healthcare. Um, but I help people, and I also do this myself, um, to tell authentic stories. You know, there are a lot of people who are doing marketing messages, and they're trying to sell you on benefits and features, and you know, all those different things. Um, and really, the way you can set up long-term success is by sharing very unique, um, authentic stories about yourself, your organization, your family. Doesn't you name it? It probably applies. Um, so that's kind of. Um, what I do day in and day out, and I try to um, I try to help organizations do that. While I'm also doing it myself on my blog and you know on my book um, and everywhere else that I participate. Wow! Yeah, I've seen you've uh, done quite a bit of speaking. Um, how do you find, or how did you f- discover this part of you know your journey? Like, what what led? Was it something that you always had a passion to do, or was it kind of on the way of doing one thing? This kind of appeared. Yes, that's a great question. So you know, I've done this my entire life, really. Uh, somebody the other day asked me, "Well, you're a career storyteller," and I said, "You know, I should actually change this in my LinkedIn profile because." Um, really we tell stories and people do it for their whole life. The thing that happens with a lot of people though is they kind of lose that um, urge or that skill to a degree when they get older, right? So kids are great storytellers. In fact, they're so unfiltered sometimes they're they're almost too good. Um, You know, they could have a little bit of a filter at least. Um, But then we kind of lose it because we're so trained to look for the right or wrong answer um, so, you know, I've done it my whole career, uh, my whole life. Um, as a journalist, I probably wouldn't have said it was storytelling. In fact, uh, back then, it kind of started to be a buzzword, and people were saying, oh, we should tell stories, and journalists were like, we, we should tell stories. What? <laughs> we're telling the news. Um, but it's really, it's really the same thing. So it just kind of evolved from one thing to another, and I, I actually kind of joke that, you know, officially now I do content marketing, but... Um, it, it's very similar to journalism. I mean, the deadlines are better. They're not every second and, you know, every day necessarily, but the, but, but, but the concept of how things are done and how stories are gathered and how they're shared, uh, it's very similar. In fact, I, I, I coined the term, uh, content marketing journalist because, hmm. you know, I mean, what, what they do is very similar to what journalists do. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like you have a very huge background in just being creative and kind of jumping out there and not really being afraid to be vulnerable. Um, but in your storytelling or in even 
helping people, you know, with creative storytelling, what has been the biggest thing that you found has been their roadblock um, outside of kind of losing that as we get older? Uh, the biggest thing is we don't want to be wrong. Um, so when people tell their stories, they're, they're actually not looking to tell their stories, but they're looking for the right or wrong answer. Now, what's kind of interesting about that is when, when you come up with a new business idea or you start something new, there isn't a right or wrong answer, right? There's only, the, the real question is, do you tell an authentic story and one that actually makes sense to people? And then do you get it in front of the right audience? You know, like, I mean, think about uh, Shark Tank, which I actually think is a really, really good show. I love this show. You know, um, it's a great show. But sometimes they turn down and they actually kind of uh, talk down to some some pitches and I'm thinking, Hey, that's actually not a bad pitch. I think that's interesting, you know? So it actually comes down to telling the best story and then getting it in front of the right people um, who actually care about it. And um, so those are some of the roadblocks. Um, I think large organizations, a lot of times um, end up with unnecessary excuses, unnecessary uh, processes. Um, you know, I, the, the thing I like to say is the worst process can kill the best storytelling hmm. um, in an organization because when you make it too difficult for people to participate, they're just not going to participate unless, you know, they're being ordered to, but that's right. hard to do in those things. Um, so those are some of the big things. Um, you know, how do you apply some of these personal strategies to large organizations I have? Uh, interesting discussions with uh, like C-level executives a lot of times who say, you know, we see there's people out there who do personal branding really well, but you can't apply personal branding to large organizations. Hmm. And that is actually not correct because you totally can. But what you can do is, let's say you have somebody, you know, it doesn't make any difference where they're in their career, but let's say, you know, they're, they're five years into their career and they've established a really good personal brand through storytelling or, you know, or related strategies. Um, and you can totally not transfer what they're doing to a large organization if you bring them in at an entry-level job. Right, you know what I mean? Right. You have to bring them in at a role where they can actually have some say, where they actually have some pull to get things done. So that's actually, that's actually the problem. That's why you can't do it if you do it that way. But if you bring people in at the right role, you totally can transfer the same things directly to any organization. It's it's very very easy actually. I do agree. Um, much of what you know, my wife and I do with our company is literally business branding, um, mm -hmm. and a lot of the problems that we do see, of course, you know, are the are the processes. They're very complicated. Um, people may not be in the right space where they should be. Um, and it proves to be very difficult over time. Um, so on your journey, what has been the most difficult aspect of that for you? The most difficult aspect? Um, that is a good question. Um, you know, there a lot of the things that you have to um, do in storytelling, um, they, it can be very repetitive. Um, and one of the things that... Um, you know, I read the other day, I don't remember who actually wrote it, but somebody tweeted something about, um, it's very stressful if you keep trying to solve the same problem over and over. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the most difficult thing I think for storytellers is if you do it 
if you have to figure out to fix the same problem over and over and over, it's really hard. It's very stressful. I used to do some of this like within organizations, like I was actually working for organizations. And um, it is actually, in my opinion, it's actually harder to do it as part of an organization versus just kind of coming in and out once in a while and giving the team advice and saying, here's what, you know, here's what you're doing right, here's what you're doing wrong, um, here's what you should change. Um, so the, the most difficult part actually is figuring out what is the best way to move some of these initiatives forward. Um, so, you know, my, my cause is the more people I can help to share authentic stories, I think the better it is for all of us. Um, you know, if you read my book, if you read my blog, there's a lot of stuff on there that you can read for free. I mean, you never have to talk to me. You never have to pay me. You could read the whole thing and just do it yourself. But the, but the, and people say, why would you give everything away? But the bottom line is that there's so, like, this applies to anybody. Like, even if, um, I mean, I couldn't work with 1% of all the people out there who could actually use this. Do you know what I mean? So there's plenty of, um, there's an abundance of people who can do it. Um, so kind of figuring out that place, what's the best way to get that message shared while you can still make a living. I think that's, uh, that's been kind of an interesting journey. Mm. I can definitely relate to that. Um, more recently, I found myself kind of scaling back from a few social networks and really diving deeper into, I guess, more so Twitter um, and Instagram, mm -hmm. um, which I've found to work really well with, you know, very short thoughts that I'll have or the creative work that I tend to do. Um, so in staying positive, has this been, you know, something that you've struggled with over the course of this journey or, you know, has it been really easy based on like your community and those that you have supporting you as well? Um, oh, it's been easy to stay positive. It's just kind of interesting. How do you figure out what are the best strategies to, to, to implement some of these things? And then the other thing is, you know, things change um, all the time and whether it's on something technology wise, you know, social networks change, uh, Facebook changes, Twitter changes, um, MySpace, you remember MySpace? Used yes. to, well, it allegedly, it was very important for marketers. And today, it's really not important for anybody, even though I keep throwing this number out because it usually surprises people. But, you know, uh, there's still 59 million people a month that go visit MySpace. So <laughs> it's not it's not dead. It's just not relevant to most of us because, you know, most of us are not musicians. But if you're a musician... It's a great it's, place to be. Right. Um, so, but it's, you know, it's interesting. And then, like, uh, and then opinions change. I mean, a few years ago, um, I would have uh, CMOs say, oh, storytelling, no, that doesn't do anything. That doesn't work. And that discussion actually has changed quite a bit. So I hear more and more, you know, people asking for storytelling help without asking for, um, how do you measure it? What do you measure? Do you know what? I mean, they still want measurements, but... Um, I've seen that discussion change a little bit over the years. There's fewer people who are, um, you know, who are asking whether or not it even works. And and along the same lines, I've, I've also noticed requests, like when I'm speaking, I mean, I used to get requests to speak a few years ago where people would say, tell us why we should do it. So, you know, they wanted to be convinced. And that has now changed more to tell us how to do it. In fact, sometimes I have people 
message me and they say, no, 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 we don't want you to come in and tell us why to do it. We want you to tell us how to do it. And they actually, you know, they say that themselves without realizing what kind of, how, how big of a step that has actually been for all of us. So it seems like the excitement of things that are changing, things that are constantly, I guess, being remixed and renewed um, is really fueling the, you know, ability for you to stay positive in, you know, kind of the ups and downs and the changes that, you know, our industries do face. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's kind of why storytelling is important and especially authentic storytelling, because um, it won't change. Right. I mean, like. The, the, some of the strategies might change, but the concept has actually been around for a long time. Even content marketing has been around for a long time. But the strategies, the channels, all those things, um, they might change, but the concept won't change. So really, you know, what I'm talking about is not going to change, and what I'm teaching is not going to change. It's just how do you distribute it? That's what's going to change, and I'm sure it con will continue to change. That's so true. So what's one thing that has really improved your life that, you know, you tend to share the most with everyone else that you come into contact with? You know, when you start, I mean, there's a fine line between uh, being overly vulnerable online and sharing every little thing of your life. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. And being um, meaningful, vulnerable. You know, like you share some things that are worth sharing and that people might find interesting. Mm -hmm. But once you do it, once you kind of get over that first hump, it's actually quite, uh, quite meaningful. And it's quite eye-opening, um, not just for your audience, but even for yourself. I mean, I remember the, uh, the, you know, one of the first articles I did along those lines was um, about the, the, the death of my son. And I remember when it published. So I schedule a lot of my blog posts. And when it when it published, I was actually traveling, um, and I was I was in the hotel room that night. I was busy all day uh, with a client, and you know, so I did, I wasn't on email. I wasn't checking any messages, believe it or not, for you know most of that day. Um, and then when I got to the hotel room, I got all these messages. People were saying we didn't even know this happened because it was eight years ago, you know, or mm -hmm. at that point, eight, like now it's ten years or something or nine. But um, so it took me eight years to publish, but people were reaching out and people were sharing it and people were saying, you know, hopefully others can learn from this. People were saying something similar happened to me. This was such a good reminder to move forward, you know, all those different things. Um, and, um, and it's really hard to, um, to kind of um, know that that's going to happen. Mm. Um, so you know, that's, it's, 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 uh, interesting to, uh, to see that and experience. And I would recommend it to people, um, you know, make it meaningful though. Don't just share everything, um, that, um, uh, that's happening. Share something that others might be able to learn from. If you have a good message, something like that. Now, the one thing to keep in mind, um, once you start sharing things publicly, um, people will respond publicly, right? So, <laughs> yes. uh, it's, it's not going to be, all necessarily positive uh, and sometimes you wonder what's um what are people thinking um but you know people can do that i mean i was doing a periscope the other day and i'm you know if you look at my picture i'm bald <laughs> so i guess it, i guess it was because i'm bald but somebody said do you have cancer and i'm like wow. I have cancer what because i'm bald um so you know it's kind of weird but um so people can say whatever they want to a degree 
Mm, yeah, I've found since uh, writing more, and this is something that I definitely want to do a lot more of this year as well, um, and not only doing that, but sharing it, uh, is that the articles that I have shared, people, you know, whether it's on Medium or my personal site, they've gotten in touch and they've said, you know, this has really inspired me, this has, you know, kind of helped me. Um, and then on Medium, I like how it's really cool that they can highlight the the phrases or you know sections of content that really stick out to them mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting to see what they highlight or sometimes even the responses that they give to things like that um, so yeah mm-hmm. it's it's definitely interesting to kind of step over that boundary of always being introverted and you know not wanting to really expose that to out you know people outside of just like my core group or things of that nature um but in doing so the little baby steps that i have taken have definitely definitely made me a lot happier and um definitely allowed me to see you know things from a different perspective in many many cases um so i see that you're very big on health um how did you get into that like what how do you set a routine daily to make sure that this is something that you know you get done um, you know, I just, uh, I just make the time, um, you know, like today, actually I couldn't sleep. So I, I, I didn't plan to get up that early, but I, I just couldn't sleep. And there's a 24 hour gym just around the corner. And I said, Hey, you know, um, I, I'm just going to go to the gym. So I think I went at like 4am, wow. um, you know, so pretty early, but I typically go, um, at 5am anyways. And so the way you make time is you get up two hours earlier. Um, that's the, that's the only way to do it. And, um, and you kind of have to set a goal and you have to put it in front of you. Um, that's actually one of the biggest things for, um, for storytelling as well. You have to put the goals in front of you. Now, for me, I have goals, but I don't have them in front of me all the time necessarily. But I kind of made it such a habit now. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. kind of like fitness that I don't like I'm not going to slip up too much. And when I do, I'll catch myself. But for the most part, it's very helpful to have written goals in front of you. You know, fitness, um, I use one of these um, uh, Fitbit search watches um, that keeps me on track, that lets me know how many steps I walked and, you know, how much I slept. That's the only reason I slept, uh, the only reason I knew I didn't sleep very well last night or Mm -hmm. how how short I actually slept. Um, So you know, use some of those tools. Same with storytelling, you know, write the goals down. Here's what you're shooting for. Here's what you're trying to do. Here's what you're trying to accomplish. Same with your family. Here's what you're trying to, um, to do with your family. Here are the priorities, you know, like if, I mean, I travel a lot, but I'm also making a point to go to my kids' games and, you know, and we have uh, rules, like there's four, four birthdays in the family and I don't travel on three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I still travel on my own birthday. Um, you know, I mean, if it happens, like if, yeah. you know, I'm not going to not travel, but on the other three birthdays, I don't travel. And literally those days are not available. Um, so if I ever get a really big keynote, we'll see what kind of discussion that would lead to, but, but that's the rule. And, you know, so you kind of have to balance those different things and to determine what's important to you. Um, and, you know, kind of just kind of go for it. And that's really, you know, somebody, I, I, I lost like 100, 100 pounds um, from 2007 to 2009 or something. And somebody wow. said to me, how did you lose all this weight? And I said, well, I ate less. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And you know what? That's it's really all there is to it. I mean, it's not quite that simple when you have to do it, but um, but that's really all it is. Mm, this is true. So, do you find that it's the discipline that you know making these things muscle memory in a sense that really make it easier to keep doing them and build into bigger things later? Yep, absolutely. Um, so you know, every once in a while, if I'm speaking somewhere and there's people speaking ahead of me. I will actually, depending on what I'm talking about, I will actually make the point. I say, you know, I've made this such a muscle memory. I can't even sit over there and not tweet about what's going on, you know, or, or whatever. Or now you do a periscope sometimes. So once you make it muscle memory, um, it's just that's kind of what you do. Now, and here's the other thing that happens. Once you make it muscle memory, then um, other people actually expect you to do it mm. um you know so i actually now have like i'm in meetings or i'm at events and when something happens that people really don't want me to blog about or tweet about or do you know do something publicly with they will actually say this is not to be tweeted about you mm. know christoph um <laughs> or or people will sometimes say that's actually kind of a good blog post don't you think christoph and see what i mean so like mm. you're actually making it a muscle memory for yourself but you're also making it a muscle, a, like a expectation for people who know you. Mm. So it's like a really awesome way of creating organic, evergreen content that, you know, tells who you are. Tell, and if people are reading it over a course of time, they can kind of feel like they're walking there with you. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You know, personally, I don't like that term too much, evergreen. But I haven't come up with a better one, so um, I, I don't usually. It uh, is odd. Good. Yeah. So I the reason I don't like it, I think, actually, is because when they use it in journalism, you know, you have hard news and mm -hmm. then you have evergreen content. And a lot of times evergreen content would turn out to be like fluff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, OK, who cares? Um, this is just kind of like, here's a story about Christoph. What's great about Christoph? Oh, we love him, you know, or whatever. Uh, but there's no context. Now, the way Evergreen, however, has evolved and the way the really good Evergreen stories have evolved online, especially online, um, there are, um, they're really relevant. And the relevancy doesn't go away just because a day passes, you know. Um, so if you share something about how do you deal with your son's death, um, the relevance of that content will, I mean, that might never go away, you know? I mean, like, how to deal with your son's death, that advice, even though it, it doesn't, maybe not everybody uses the same kind of coping mechanisms, but but the advice will probably stay intact for, I mean, decades probably, right? Yeah. Like, this is how we got over it. So, or not, not over it, but this is how we kind of um, move forward from it. Mm, yeah, that is something, you know, very difficult, I would even imagine, to share. Um yeah, that's, I am definitely sorry that you had to experience that. Um, but I really, you. you know, one thing that I really have admired, you know, in following you on Twitter this past year, I would say, is the way everything kind of fits into the story. So it's, it's kind of like you're sharing different aspects of what makes you a speaker, you know, what makes you, you know, a writer and how, you know, you're literally practicing what you preach, which is not something that very many people on the Internet tend to do. Um, there's a lot of advice givers, a lot of noise, uh, but it's really refreshing to kind of come across, you know, that person that really says, hey, here's what you're doing and, you know, 
here's how you really kind of get that done. Um, so in putting out all this content, are you really focused on, you know, tracking the metrics from it or are you doing it because it's, you know, just something you really enjoy doing? Um, that is a fantastic question. So of course we look at, everybody looks at metrics and wants them to go up. And I, I get great joy when I see the numbers go up. Um, but then I was talking to uh, Joe Tai, who is um, an author, and um, he wrote six books, um, mostly in the healthcare field. And he said to me, um, Christoph, it's not actually about people reading your stuff. Um, it's about you sharing your story and people reading it and people even paying for it. It's just an added bonus. Hmm. And I and I thought, you know, it's actually it's actually true, um, as as weird as it sounds, but it is an added bonus. So you still want to share your story, and then the more people read it, the better. But but ultimately, you know, you're going to share it anyways, whether or not people are going to read it or not. So um, it's kind of this fine line, though, between, um, you know, if if nobody reads your stories, why is it still important to share them? I don't know. You got to kind of focus your energy one place or another. Um, but I'll, I'll give you this example, my book. So I, my, my, my authentic storytelling book published in December, um, there were about a hundred copies, a little over a hundred copies were sold, um, up to a couple days ago here, January 19th. And, um, then I published a short guide, like 26 pages on Amazon on how to do live streaming on social media. Mm-hmm. And, um, on January 19th, I decided to, for 24 hours, to give away free copies of the Kindle version of both publications. Hmm. And uh, it was about evenly split, but in, 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 in that 24 hours, there was um, almost 80 downloads um, for both publications. And, you know, I don't make a dime of any of them, right? They were free for right. just that 24 hours. Um, but... You know, even though I didn't make any money on them, it, it was still, it was great to see that people actually took the opportunity to download and hopefully they'll read them and hopefully there's something that they will be able to, to learn from them. Um, now, you can't take this kind of model to the extreme either where you, where you just do everything for free because at some point you do have to, you know, um, buy um, groceries and, and things like that. But so you do have to make some kind of money at some point. But I think what I've found a lot of times is when you focus too much on the end result, mm-hmm. um, it's actually going to impact your storytelling. And if you focus more on the storytelling early on, the end result will kind of, uh, it's not like build it and they will come, but it will happen um, when you do it right. And I've seen it across a number of, of industries now uh, being done. And the, and the same is true for, for even myself personally. Mm, that's awesome. So... As we round out our interview here, which has been very informative and inspiring for me so far, um, what is one thing someone can start with today um, that kind of helps them, whether it's a tool, um, an app, um, a life hack, uh, something that they can kind of do to improve their authentic storytelling in their life? Yeah, great question again. Um, so the, the, the hack to be authentic is to just be authentic and make up your mind to to get started. Now, there is like six steps that I have. Uh, we don't have to run through them all. But basically, in a nutshell, um, first of all, you have to make up your mind. 
you have to get some kind of buy-in from people. So even myself, right, when I put myself out there, like my wife doesn't have to approve necessarily, mm -hmm. but she does have to kind of buy in to what I'm doing, right? Because if I'm writing about my, my, my son dying, I mean, she has some stake in that story, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, um, so they, there has to be some buy-in. And then you have to figure out how do you start and where do you start? So if you can only pick, I think in general, people focus too much on the tools. Um, I mean, you could, you know, you could take a picture of a handwritten note and post it. And if it's good, people will read it. Um, but if you only had one tool that you could choose, what I really would recommend is if you let's, let's put it this way. If you're already on LinkedIn, maybe start on LinkedIn. You can blog there and kind of start sharing stories that way. Um, another option could be just to have a simple WordPress site um, and, you know, start blogging on there. Um, I'm big into social media, as you know, but here's the thing. Uh, social media drives a ton of traffic to my blog. I, I love how you can engage with uh, people around the globe on, on Twitter. But um, for my blog, um, search, Google search, people searching for stories mm -hmm. still drives a lot more traffic to my blog than social media. So what that shows me is um, that, that um, tr more traditional web content development is not dead. So just because there's Twitter and Facebook, blogs still work. They might not be front and center as much as they used to be, but, um, uh, but people still read them. And, and the other thing is, too, what if Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, what if they go away? You know, what if something happens? Uh, you know, you still have the blog, and it's easier to, to move that between different sites, and you can import, export, um, and all those different things. So that's those would be kind of my tips to get started. But anybody can get started today. Um, they really just have to make up their mind and determine what they're going to talk about. Um, rants are really, really annoying uh, mm -hmm. for the most part. So if you have something to rant about, I would always think about how do you make it an educational story, right? So if something um, negative happened, how do you turn it around and make it a good story that you can actually share that people can learn from? Because that's why they're going to read it. They're not going to read it because it's a rant, a personal rant. Right, right. It has been great having you on the show, Christoph. Um, do you have any promotions, anything going on? Where can people find you online? Yeah, so you can check out my blog, um, of course, AuthenticStorytelling.net. Uh, there's at least weekly posts on there, sometimes more, uh, typically around um, storytelling. There's some personal stories here and there. Usually they're tied back to storytelling. Uh, you can obviously subscribe on there. And then uh, Twitter is always good, um, at C-Trap. Um, so I'm fairly busy on there, um, chatting away um, most hours of the day. Um, so those are probably the two main things. Awesome. And for those listening, all links mentioned will be in our show notes as well. Christoph, thank you for taking the time out this morning to hop on and do this interview. Um, we really appreciate having you here in the Create More Good project and being a part of the podcast. And we hope that our listeners have you know gained something that they can use immediately in their lives. Fantastic. Thank you and good luck to everybody. And I hope everybody um, stays real and shares their authentic stories. Mm -hmm.